So right now, um, we're, we're just going to start first by just, you know, welcoming uh, Albert on stage. Uh, and just saying, like Albert, uh, it's, a, it's a real pleasure. I, I really love what you're doing uh, at Streamloots. Um, and I really love, in general, uh, the mission of, uh, of uh, empowering streamers that you have. And so for the people not familiar with the, with the streamer world, I mean, can you first quickly introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about uh, what Streamloot does? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, thank you for, for inviting me. It's actually the first uh, debate or, or show where I participate on Clubhouse. So uh, if I'm a noob or, or I'm not using the right memes, just please tell me. You know, every social platform has its, its own culture. I'm trying to learn this one. So let, let me tell you who I am and what we do. So I'm, I'm Alberto. I am from the south of Spain. Uh, I, was, I used to be living half Valencia, which is in the south of Spain, and half San Francisco before the, the COVID. Now I live only in, in, in Valencia. Uh, we closed the, the small office that we, that we had the, there in, in, in San Mateo, San, next to San Francisco. Um, so I, I studied computer engineer. Uh, um, I actually met my co-founders there, studying computer engineer. Uh, we, are, we were all like super computer geeks. Um, and we started working uh, as, as developers when we finished the, the, the university. And I actually I wanted to be a developer since I was 16. That's something that really amazed me. Uh, was really amazing for me. That's one of the reasons why I started this company because when, when I was a, like a teenager, I, I used to I create like a forum for graphic designers and I realized like, wow, if you, if you know how to code, you are able to create like value for a lot of people and gather like tons of users from your place. So that concept fascinated me. And I think that's the concept that later uh, in my career got me to, to try to build a, a company. Actually, we built a few companies before that failed really hard. <laughs> and... and um, Luckily, this one uh, is at least for now working pretty well. So, I when I when I started working uh, as a developer, we we re I realized that okay, I I, I like this, but I, I want to uh, to have like a more social job, something that I where I can talk to users, talk to more people. Uh, I felt like being a developer wasn't something really made for for me, and that's how we we I convinced more or less my other co-founders that were also working as the developers to like drop our old job and start building something by our own. So as I mentioned before, we try to build something uh, like actually two, two uh, different, different kind of small projects, but there were two main ones before, before Streamloops. Uh, the biggest one before Streamloops actually the, the ones that made us build Streamloops or at least learn the necessary things from gamers and live streamers and esports players so we can start this company. Um, the, 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 the company or the project was called Dooley. It was a stock market to invest in esports players and streamers. Basically, we were, it was 2017. It was all the crypto, uh, crypto like moment. Now there's another crypto moment. I think crypto is cyclical. So every two or three years, crypto comes again. Um, but at that time, crypto, like with the ICOs, uh, they were actually uh, with the crypto kitties. There was already like the concept of non-fungible token and so on. But we were tokenizing players and streamers. Basically, the concept was that it was a stock market. You you were able to invest on a on a streamer, on a micro player, and then when the when the the player start making more money, you you get some money back in return. You you were owning a percent of their future earnings, basically. So the the project uh, didn't work. We failed. For, for different reasons, but the main reason was that um, the, the streamers and the players were able to gather money from investors to like gather an audience. We connect the, the players with 
marketing agencies with different agents and so on for them to grow. And then when they, they gather like thousands of funds, um, but they were making like not enough money to be interesting for an investor to keep investing on them. So we started thinking like, okay, if they are able to gather an audience already, um, but then once they have that audience, it's hard for them to make a living or make proper amount of money from that audience. How can we create something that gives them money directly from the audience that they are creating? Um, so we started talking to them. We are starting like talking also with their fans and figured out what their fans would be willing to pay for. And we realized something, we learned something really valuable, which is actually the core of a stream. We, we learned that the viewers in this case from the streamers are, are willing to, to pay not only for the content that they are seeing on the creator, once they follow the creator, they are looking forward for paying for their attention, for, for developing like a deeper connection, a deeper relationship with the, with the creator. Um, and this is exactly what we decided to, to create, a platform where the creator can allocate attention with the fans efficiently in a way that they can also make money. Um, basically, what they can do on stream loads uh, is that the fans or the viewers can purchase uh, interaction, morally live, mostly live interaction with the streamer. And interaction is everything that you can imagine from play again with me, choosing the character you are gonna play, make me play blindfolded for two minutes to really crazy things that I've seen there. Like you made me dress up as a dinosaur. Uh, I send you a dedicated video. I, I have to play uh, with my headset turnout. Uh, it's everything that you can imagine. They, they, they actually define the kind of interaction they, they want to put on sales to, to be said. And, um, and they define the price, they define almost everything uh, inside the platform. It's like when you are similar to when you go to Shopify and define the, a shop for you to sell your products, it's, the concept is quite similar. Um, but in this case, you define the, uh, the kind of interaction you want to offer. So we, we started this, this model in 2018. Uh, we were extremely lucky because with the, uh, with the previous project with Julie, uh, we were selected for the last interview of Y Combinator. So you know that they, they pay for you to go there, do the interview and so on. So when we arrived there, we already told them like, hey, we are going to close Julie. But, uh, but we were extremely lucky that we met there, Adam Draper. I don't know how we ended up in a blockchain event in San Francisco. We met Adam Draper, which is the owner of, of the CEO of BoostVC and accelerator in, in, in San Francisco, focusing blockchain and this, what they call a sci-fi projects or companies, which is like, uh, companies that required like a lot of technology development and so on. So we moved there uh, for a few months and actually it was there when we completely changed the model. Like, hey, Julie is not working. We are moving to Streamloot. At the beginning, actually, Streamloot, uh, the Streamloot cards or interaction we were represented with uh, tokens, with like non-fungible tokens. And we decided to drop that idea. I can tell you later why now that NFTs are so, so popular. Um, and then once uh, we raised our first angel round there and we decided to move back to, to Spain, to Valencia, to build the team. We are now 45 people in the team from different countries. We have more than 60K creators. We raised uh, a bit more than $7 million in, in these three years. The last round was from Bessemer and actually uh, a few great people from the passion economy uh, that I really fight to get them on board. We, uh, we get to, to get as investor at the gene, uh, Toby, the CEO of Shopify, Jeremy, the CEO of, of Yelp, uh, and, a few, and a few others. So, so yeah, now with that money, we are like mostly focused into, I, I can tell you later, but uh, we are still exploring the interaction um, uh, concept, but now we are moving to uh, audio. We are moving to, not audio in terms of Clubhouse yet, but audio in terms of audio interaction and also asynchronous interaction. So yes, that, that's me, that's the company and, and that's what we are doing. That's awesome. 
Um, and so essentially like for, for like, just to be a hundred percent clear. Um, so, you know, like a lot of people and a lot of streamers, a lot of gamers, especially are, are, are live streaming on Twitch. Uh, a lot of people are tipping and, you know, uh, um, some streamers are making uh, quite a lot of money just with the streams. And what Streamless enables uh, is just to have this kind of like more premium relationship um, with the with the streamer. So you can have a card, for example, like a special magic card, and then you just, you know, say and, and basically force the streamer when you wave that card to just do something crazy or just do something fun. And so, and so like, this is, if I understand correctly, in terms of interaction, this is way more engaging, way more, I would say like uh, personal and therefore, and that's what you're, you're, you're exploring right now, also way more lucrative for the streamers, for the streamer. Can you unpack a little bit the, the kind of like difference that you see from typical Twitch interaction, stream loot interaction in, in the sense of like how much more money a, a streamer can make through those connections and kind of why this happens? Yeah, yeah. so this is actually the concept of like uh, 100 true fans and 1000 true fans that is now really famous into the passion economy. And in, in our case, so in, in Twitch um, the, or YouTube or, or Facebook gaming, the biggest monetization option are tipping or, or subscription. So the content is there for free, that like you can join and see any streamer and, and being part of the community, participating in the chat, and you donate and, and subscribe because you want to support the streamer. And normally when you are like donating or when you are paying for supporting, you normally pay way less than when you are paying for a product that is for yourself. For example, uh, the, the typical example of 100 true fans or 1000 true fans is that, okay, you are willing to pay way more for a course uh, that a creator is creating than just giving them a tip for them to, uh, to support the creator. So Streamlu it's uh, in between, but a lot of viewers purchase the interaction because they want to have like, they, they feel that they are purchasing a product for themselves, not only, not only for supporting the streamer, even though they know that they are also supporting the streamer, of course. Um, so in our case, for example, the, the average amount of money spent by every buyer every month is 26, I think now, now it's a bit uh, higher, like close to $30 per month which is way, way higher than the, the average spend on tweets uh, on YouTube. They, they normally spend $5 on the subscription and less, uh, amount, less than $5 on donation. And the main reason is because of that, uh, because, they, because they are purchasing something that, that they see that is from themselves. There are many reasons for the viewers um, looking to pay for these kind of interactions. Uh, loneliness is one of the one very spread. Actually, in China, if you are familiar with live streaming in China, uh, loneliness is the biggest driver for live streaming engagement. But also feeling like the feeling of belonging to the community or, or feeling that you are standing out among the rest of the fans. The live streaming content is something that you consume um, as a community. So it's not that when, when you sit and, and watch television, it's, you, you normally do it alone or maybe with a friend or, or the family. But when you are consuming content in live streaming on Twitter or YouTube, um, I don't know if you are familiar with, with that or the people listening are familiar with that, but you join into a, like a chat room, you see the rest of the fans, uh, you can talk to them, you can not only talk and interact with the streamer, you also interact with the community and you become part of a community. So there's actually a lot of the drivers for viewers to purchase on streamers are, are actually related to the community and not only to the streamer. We have actually interactions to make another viewer do something or ban the viewer for a few seconds from, uh, from the chat and, and, and things like that. Um, one of the biggest drivers as well is to stand out among that community. Uh, I remember that we, we added like a few years ago, maybe one year ago, we added a, um, a feature that is uh, to become the top supporter of the week. 
And if you become the top supporter of the week, when you redeem an interaction, the interaction appears in the screen, but it appears with like a, some a big crown in, uh, around your, your icon, so everyone sees that you are the top supporter. When we, increased, when we introduced that feature, ARPU on the, on the viewers increased by 20 or 25%, because people were actually purchasing more interactions just because they wanted to have like the top, the top supporter crown. So there are a lot of, uh, of like, um, motivation uh, behind the viewer willing to interact with the with the streamer um, and every depending on the viewer they spend more and less um, but but that's basically the the rationality behind it's not all the streamers that are oh, sorry all the viewers that are paying for that you may have like thousand of, of viewers and maybe a hundred of those uh, will pay and will become like super fans uh, that that's really common um, so so a streamer is not for the whole audience it's actually to your boss engaged audience but that engaged audience is really willing to pay a lot for for developing that connection with you or that relationship with you amazing so like um just to just to have an idea and uh, and i know if you, i don't know if you can uh, share like some some examples but like say for example like you have one of your top streamer right like that that uses stream loots um, if you if you can give a name or or, or just like a, a like an anonymous example, so what would be the the average audience uh, on the, on a stream? Uh, what would be the average stream loot audience or like kind of like interactions uh, uh, on the same stream? And and what would be the ratio between like how much money he or she can make in 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 like a, a day on Twitch and on stream loot? Just to have like a like a spread. Okay. Okay. That, that's really hard to put an average because it depends a lot on the streamer, but I can give you a few, a few examples. So we, we have a, a, the, the way we kind of uh, segment streamers is based on the amount of viewers, online viewers that they have at any moment that they, they are online. We call it like average amount of viewers. So it, it is not followers. So for example, a, a streamer with, I don't know, uh, 10K followers may have like maybe 20 average viewers. The numbers are really, are really different. So the, our focus is on streamers that are from uh, uh, 50 to 200 or 500 more or less um, average viewers. Uh, the reason behind this is because that size is the size that we believe uh, have an audience big enough to make a living from, from streaming. So that is that they could like drop their old job and become a full-time streamer with that, with that audience. But they are not super top, super big streamers because super big streamers are already making a lot of money with brands, advertising, and so on. So they are normally not looking for, um, for other kind of uh, monetization model. The truth is that we have bigger streamers that are actually making a lot of money on stream loots. And when they discover a stream and, and, the, and the money they can make, they stay on the platform, but it's harder to, they are harder to convince. So to give you some numbers, an streamer making, uh, an streamer with 200 viewers, uh, average viewers, can make easily uh, from 1,000 to 4,000 euros or dollars per month on the platform. Uh, and we have some making even more, like 20, uh, we, we've seen some streamers making like 8K, 10K per month uh, with less viewers and the other way around. It depends a lot at the end. If you think about it, every streamer is like a small company and they need to figure it out their funnel for sales. They need to figure it out the content that is gonna be more suitable for the fans, the monetization option that they offer, and the kind of, in a screen, the kind of interaction that they offer. We try to help them a lot into defining those interactions so they make more money, um, but it depends a lot. Uh, for example, a few examples of really successful creators on a screen. Uh, there's one US creator called uh, Watch Games TV. Um, he created this, I don't know how they, it is called in, in, in English, I think, who wants to be a millionaire, this kind of program where you have a question and for a possible answer. So he created this online show 
and he created cards for the viewers to participate in the show through the stream of cards. So he can easily make um, 5K, 6K per month um, only, only with the, with a stream loot. He also make some money, uh, money with, uh, with Twitch, uh, maybe YouTube as well, because they, they used to uh, have the content on both platforms. Uh, we also have this uh, Spanish uh, League of Legends player that is called El Millor. He created a collection of cards, uh, really, really uh, curious because he added like, a legendary card. I haven't explained that, but you, you cannot purchase the interaction directly. You have to purchase packs. We can talk about uh, that later, but you purchase packs, like loot boxes in the video games, and inside the, the packs appear free random interaction defined by, previously defined by the streamer. So you can see all the interaction that can, have, that can appear in the test, and then you purchase one test and you have three randomly selected from the whole set defined by the streamer. There are different reasons to, to this, um, but this is how, how it works. So he added a legendary card. That means that the card is really rare to appear, but the card was to go with him to Korea for three days to compete in a... <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. Like he announced that on Twitter and in 10 minutes, uh, the platform almost collapsed. It was like a, a few months ago and, and he made like, tons of, uh, of uh, sales in, in only 10 minutes. So it just, depends just on to, how you use it. Yeah, yeah. Just to tell people, El Millor is the biggest uh, LOL streamer in Spain, to my, to my bad knowledge, or one of the biggest. Yeah, that's, guys, yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, it depends a lot on the on the stream. I, we not, not only we have gamers. Actually, um, there's a, a huge, a, a great example that is, is Danny. He was a he is a musician. He used to play uh, trumpet on concerts on like uh, these kind of things that we have in Spain called profesiones, uh, where like you go on the street playing playing music. Um, and with the with the lockdown and so on, he lost his job. And he started streaming on Twitch and using the, the stream loop cards for the viewers in track. Now he's making uh, more money with uh, stream loop than the money he was, he was making as a musician before. So he reinvented himself. So it's not only about gamers. We have like some people cooking, uh, live people, like doing any kind of coding, any kind of things that you can imagine are, are on a stream loop. So the interaction will, and the money you make will depend a lot on how you sales, on how you uh, target your audience and, and so on. Not, not. I would love to hear a little bit more, kind of on the very last point, um, what are, I guess, three key differences between the people who actually make that significant money and those who don't on the platform? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And that's a question that I ask myself every day <laughs> in order to try to help the streamer that I'm not making that amount of money to make that amount of money. So if, if, at the end, something I realized is that uh, streamers, most of the streamers don't have a, a strong business mindset. If you know, for example, OnlyFans creators or all the other kind of creators, they, are, they, they have like a more business oriented mindset. For example, they define their funnel for sales, their conversion funnel, their monetization strategy. On the streamer side, it is more about following tips from other creators, uh, think, uh, try things and see how it, uh, what things work and what things didn't work. And uh, one of the things that we offer to the creators is like marketing tools. We offer them data data to improve, like to see the cards that are performing better and so on. But they are not. Like, we we not only need to give them the tools, we need to tell them how to use it or make like the tools become tips more than tools. So one of the things that I've seen uh, on the creators that are most successful is that they really think about a stream as a product. So they create marketing promotions. They create like discount coupons. They create like 
uh, scarcity, for example, they create cards that are only obtainable for two people. And if you, if those two people get the cards, then no one else can get the cards. Uh, they create like Christmas collection, uh, some Valentine's collections and so on. So they create like, like, like when you have a store, when you have a business that you need to give your viewers reasons to keep purchasing. Um, and those are some of the uh, best performing creators. This is actually, those creators are also the ones that retain better. Uh, one of the biggest pains on the, so, sorry that I'm jumping from one topic to another, but no, 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 it's pain. amazing. Okay, okay. Um, one of the biggest pain that we see on creators, uh, on live streamers, sorry, uh, is that they, they find it really hard to retain the, their audience. Uh, on mo most of the live streamer, um, if you if you take like the subscriber that they have every month, uh, around seventy percent are new subscribers. Like that means that they are renewing their audience every month. And the reason behind that is because at the end, tweets, YouTube, and Facebook are, are like putting a lot of effort on the viewer to retain on the platform, but not to retain on a specific streamer. Um, that's a that's a huge problem of ownership for the for the creator. But you can see a great example was when when Mixer, the the Microsoft uh, live streaming platform, uh, bought uh, Ninja to move from Twitch to Mixer. Ninja was having like half a million viewers on Twitch, and when he moved to Mixer, he was having like 20k. So he lost most of your viewers because the viewers were retained to Twitch. So uh, uh, with your question, Jen, some the creators that perform better are the creators that also figured out how to retain their audience better than other creators. Uh, Alberto, uh, oh, sorry. Um, just to, if you're able to quickly recap, are you able to share a, a general figure of the gross yearly revenue that you, you're generated to creators? Is this something you can kind of give us a, a ballpark? Yeah, yes. So for you to have an idea, last year we sent 4 million to creators. That was three times the amount of money we sent on the previous year. And this year we are, we are expecting to do the same, 3x or a bit more. Wow, like we say wow. in South Korea, Mazel Tov. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's amazing. I, I advise everybody to go to Streamwood's website and click on a few create uh, streamers' names to j just see the experience of the packs that you open and how diverse it is. And it goes, I think, I mean, if I may say, the, the, the choice to go with the packs, it's, it's a design pattern that it seems so obvious, but it is such a strong experience within this community to open packs and to buy the pack. So you buy the pack from Stream Loots and then you use it uh, with the streamer whenever you want. And, and I, I just wonder, like, why is this so crazily strong that people buy packs and buy and buy and buy? <laughs> well, this is also a, a very good question. Well, first, there, there are different reasons why we decided to create the pack experience. Of course, if you if you play video games, the loot box experience is really common. Um, but in our case, the biggest driver for this was that when we were talking with the streamers like a few years ago, trying to figure out how to build the perfect platform for them, we realized that they are really shy on putting a price on every interaction. So maybe really relating to what I mentioned uh, before about uh, they not having a really business mindset. This happens especially on Spanish-speaking countries. On the US, we see it a bit less, but we, with the, when we uh, talk with Spanish-speakers country, they are really worried about, okay, but I don't know, I, cannot, I, I don't wanna ask for like $5 and you play again with me, or $10 and you play again with me. So this is actually something not new. Uh, on Twitch, for example, you, you have bits, and the bits concept is a way to hide the money. You are tipping, but you are not actually knowing 
uh, how much shipping you are giving. I mean, you can do always the correlation, but it's not that clear. It's not the same to say someone sends you $5 that someone sends you 10,000 bits, you know? Uh, and even though maybe at the, at the end it's the same. Uh, so in our case, we decide to put the packs because then the streamer can frame it in a different way. It's not that, hey, pay $10 and you play with me. It's, hey, uh, purchase a few packs and you can get cool interactions to, to play with me, to do many other things. Uh, but also, uh, they, the packs give them the power to create a product, to give like what I mentioned before, like to create discounts, to create special uh, um, special events and, and things like that. So it's actually, they can do marketing. And that, that's why uh, packs are really more powerful than tipping or donations, because you cannot do marketing on a donation. You cannot say, okay, uh, today donations are 10% cheaper <laughs> or things like that. But you can do say uh, packs today are 10% 10 cheaper, or if you purchase one pack today, you get another extra pack for free and things like that. But also it creates a really fun experience for the viewer. So every time the reward is different. I don't know if, if you've read the book called Hooked by Neil Yal, but oh, yeah. it's really, it's really uh, famous. So this has this uh, interesting concept about the, the variable reward, which is really interesting to create a habit. Like you put, they, they say something like, hey, you put in the fridge something different every day, and then you will always uh, wake up and go to the fridge to see what is different. So with the packs, uh, happens something something similar. Every time you put taste, you have a different interaction. So you are always hooked to see what is the interaction that you're gonna get now. Um, and this creates retention on the viewer, which, which is basically a, a, a solution for the problem that I mentioned before about the streamers not being able to retain their viewers. So that uh, this pack thing gives the streamer also a tool to retain their, their, their audience properly. In fact, some small streamers give packs for free just because they want the viewers to stay engaged with them for a longer period of time. So that's basically the, the rationale behind the packs. So you're leveraging like the, the human nature, you know, kind of like the, the love for randomness uh, and, and uncertainty, you know, that's kind of like the loop that, that, hooks, that, that Hook talk about. But you're leveraging that not to get people addicted to toxic things, but actually you're leveraging that to get them to feel like they belong and at the same time to enable the streamer to scale their personality and the intimacy of this relationship so they can actually be financially free. So it's like you're taking something that a lot of people are leveraging for bad behavior or like for bad intention and you're doing that for, for good, if I'm, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. In fact, what we always try to, I mean, we know that from social media that creating habit and, and making people get hooked is a bad concept, but because normally social media put that so they can sell the time that you are hooked on the platform to advertisers. In our case, we always try to make it clear uh, when we are developing any feature that we want the viewer to be more retained, but not to stream to the streamer. Because at the end, our goal, the streamer will stay on, we are a completely supply driven platform. So uh, if the supply stay, uh, at the end, streamers are distribution channels. So they are the ones bringing new streamer. And the streamers will stay on the stream if they are making money on stream. So if we help them retain their viewers, they will stay and they will bring more streamers. So we always focus into helping them retain on, their, on the streamers themselves and not on the, on the platform. That's something that, that, that Twitch, YouTube and Facebook are, are missing right now. And that's why we saw a huge opportunity because they are trying to grow the amount of streamers they have, the amount of viewers. So they, they focus into doing this matching between viewer and streamer and making the viewer jump from one streamer to another. And they forget about hey, are those streamers making enough money to make a living from, a stream, from a streaming or are they just making such a small amount 
that they won't be able to drop their own job. And that's why we saw a huge opportunity over there. Well, yeah, I feel like that's that's super awesome. And clearly you've done a lot of um, like getting to know the streamers and kind of doing user research on that side of things. I'm curious in terms of the audience, like the people who are participating on the other side, what would you say are like the top insights you've learned from the fans and how that kind of helps you make these product decisions? Okay, so one of the biggest learning that we got from the fans is that sometimes they, they only they only want to stand out. So the first thing that we learned is that community is extremely important. That understanding that they are not individuals like consuming the content alone, but inside a community, then you can understand the drivers from their like why they are deciding to purchase, why they are not deciding to to purchase. So one of the th great things that we uh, learn is that they are really driven by stand out more the community. So they are they do a lot of things in order to. Um, be the top supporter or have like a, a extra interaction or special thing that only them uh, can have. And that, that is extremely powerful driver for increasing the amount of money that the creator is, um, is creating. The, the other thing that we've learned is that they really enjoy one-on-one -on -one, um, interaction or, or relationship. That means that they see way more value into something that they feel that the creators has created only from them um then that for something that the creator has created for a lot of people that's one-to-one -one interaction or one-to-many interaction that's something that for example only fans does really well uh, i was really surprised when talking with uh, uh only fans creator that a lot of them make more money with the dm system than with the subscription themselves and it's because the dms at the end they are getting uh, videos or or content over there over the private messages but you feel that you are talking directly to you so that's the experience that we try to create. Actually, now we are developing a synchronous interaction, interaction that does not happen on, on live streaming, but that happens when the streamer is offline, um, because we saw that it's a, such an interesting concept, that developing interaction that the viewer feels that they are, like the creator is spending time only for, for, for you. So that's, I would say that that's one of the biggest learning that we've uh, learned from the viewer side. I have one one question about the um, the initial target audience that you were talking about. Like, so you're you're initially targeting um, streamers that have between fifty and two hundred concurrent viewers on Twitch uh, or on other platforms. And so, um, I know that this could mean that they have a way bigger uh, audience in terms of followers. Um, but like in terms of that specific audience, like how many streamers right now? Can can actually reach two hundred uh, concurrent streamers in the world, and and if you know first and second, like how is this number growing year on year? Okay, that's a really interesting question. There is not a lot of data out there that you can that you can extract, and it's really uh, different from Western to China. China is like a complete different world in terms of live streaming. They are, uh, I think, I read recently that one among one thousand uh, people in in China is a live streamer. So, wow. yeah, yeah, on Twitch, for example, um, so we can go more to something that we know, there are around 6 million active streamers and only 2% are partner streamers. This is not only 50 to 200 viewers, but you can uh, have a, a sense because partner, uh, in order to be a partner, you need to be at least close to 50 viewers, average viewers. So 2% uh, of those 5 million uh, or 6 uh, millions get uh, partners so more or less that's the amount of people that can reach those numbers 
Um, it is growing quite fast. I think I don't remember exactly the, the um, how um, Twitch grow in the in the last few years, but uh, for, uh, for example, YouTube gaming. I think in the last year it grows like two hundred percent. So so the, the amount of growth is, is incredible. Twitch is lower because it's already bigger in terms of a streamer, um, but this is more or less how how the, the, the numbers that, that we have. Of course, right now we are focusing to that that that, um, that segment of streamers, but uh, the purpose is that we develop features that create a more scalable platform for bigger creators. This is actually the biggest, uh, the biggest um, goal that we have for the next two quarters to make the platform more scalable. Right now, if the creator is extremely big, uh, they may be overwhelmed um, on the amount of interaction they can get from, from viewers. So we need to create more, more things and more features that are more like one-to-many interaction that feels one-to-one -one for the viewer. Okay, so it's a strategy like the, the fact that you, you're starting to really like target the, the, the low, like the long tail, uh, the, the, the lower end of the market. It's not because you think that those ones are strategically uh, the best one to target first because you just don't want to break the platform, right? It's, it's for different reasons. First, because the, the ones that I mentioned are really looking forward to trying new ways to monetize. They are really open to that. Yeah. Uh, and the biggest one already making a lot of money with ads and, and other kind of monetization models. But the truth is that the biggest one are also starting to realize that ads and advertising is not that good as it used to be. And that's why, for, for example, right now, if you see content on Instagram from your Instagram creators, most of the content feels that they are selling. It's like they are, the, the Instagram creators are starting to move, the tar their target user is not longer the, their fans, are the brands. So they are trying to figure out how to make content that sells. And that's why on TikTok is starting to be so successful because they are paying the creators for the amount of uh, likes and interaction that they have from users. So they focus into, okay, how I can make a content that is gonna be a fun for the user so I have more interaction and then I get paid more. And the biggest stream has already started thinking about in this way, like, okay, uh, extracting money from the brands is okay, but at the end what I'm doing is bringing an audience and then putting the out, like selling that audience to, to brands and putting the brands out there for that, uh, for, for them to sell their products. And they are starting to see a lot of value into monetizing the audience directly because then the target is the audience. So they make sure that they are growing. And that's why we want to grow into that direction because they are starting to realize, but for now, some of those huge streamers are making a lot of money and it's hard for them to start thinking about other ways of monetizing where you are already making a lot of money. Um, I think soon we might be inviting people to ask questions, but quickly I wanted to touch, uh, if it's okay, mm -hmm. another point, and that's Clubhouse. So, so <clears throat> naturally, this is, I mean, uh, an audio streaming platform, audio creators. And I wonder from what you see, um, you know, Clubhouse has said that they are looking into creating some sort of tipping way for, for some rooms, and it looks like mostly in the creative and performing arts, uh, which are happening here. But if, if you were kind of uh, had to advise, would you think that Clubhouse should make tipping and donations and everything around it using third-party services? Or should they develop their own bits, their own currency where you buy it in the app and then you spend it in the app, which mm. may, you are doing something a little bit similar, although you are not doing bits like Twitch. But how mm. would you look at that? That's a really a really good question. In my opinion, I mean, probably the, the Clubhouse engineers are already testing with a lot of users and users which are always uh, way more intelligent than, than uh, founders. 
but I think uh, adding bits would be a better idea, in my opinion, uh, but because of the, of the concept that I mentioned before. I don't know exactly on audio creators if they have the same feeling, but on a streamer, we saw it really clear that it's really hard for them to put a price on the content they create. So for example, it's not the same to uh, send someone $5 and send them 1,000 bits. It feels different, it feels more gamified. Uh, you can do like discounts on bits uh, so people can purchase bits uh, or uh, do a promotion like, hey, you invite someone to, to, this, to this event and then you get some bits for free and so on. Um, and I think the bits idea put like a kind of like a, a different level of monetization, an abstraction level, and it works really well. In our case, it works extremely well. On Twitch, it works extremely well. And I would say on Clubhouse, it, it would work extremely well. Okay, that's my dog. Hey there. Um, so, well, we let the dog, the, the dog bark. Yes. Um, I'll just like uh, ask like uh, uh, another question. So like definitely you're going to bring people in the audience. Sergey, get ready because there's no way you're not going to ask a question. Um, I, I wanted to touch like a, a super specific topic that I, that I was, you know, pretty interested about. Um, is, is the Spanish kind of like Latin American world, um, the Latino world, like in the creator economy, most of the things for sure are either first in China, but China is another gravity. So it's another world with like, you know, different rules uh, of nature. And then people are obviously only talking about the, the, the US or like English dominated world. Like, what do you see from, because you have a lot of traction in the, in the Latino world, like what do you see from a Latino creator perspective um, in terms of like creator economy trends that is kind of like underrated or kind of not really well known uh, from the broader creator economy uh, world? <laughs> that, that, that's a good question. Well, actually, in, in our case, we started at the same time in the US than in Spain, but we started to grow way faster in Spain or Spanish speaking uh, countries because we knew more streamers uh, on Spain that we could talk to them directly. And then in our case, since streamers bring new streamers, as soon as we have a few Spanish streamers, then all the Spanish streamers and people from uh, South America join. I, I think it's not underrated. Actually, if you go to Twitch, I think four of the top 10 streamers are Spanish or Spanish speakers. Like you have Ibai. Actually, the, the, the record on the biggest, like the most watched stream on Twitch is from the Gref, which is a Spanish streamer, actually from Murcia, Uri. <laughs> so, so I would say it's not on the radio. The, the problem is that, and uh, for example, on, on, on stream loops, on stream loops, 60% of the creators are from Spain, uh, and uh, uh, for, around 40% are from the US, but the revenue, 70% of the revenue is coming from the US. So every streamer, the ARPU on every streamer is bigger, and this translates to the viewer. So the ARPU on the viewer is way bigger in the US, than on South America or in Spain. So in order to be like a, a, a creator that is able to live from that audience, you need a bigger audience uh, on the Spanish-speaking countries than in the, in the US. So it's a bit harder to, to become a streamer. But I would say it's not underrated. I think the, the, the Spanish or Spanish-speaking creators are really, really uh, important and, and big in the, in the creators or the live streaming ecosystem. Hey, Sergey, welcome on stage. Do you, wanna, hey. do you wanna jump in? Yeah, hey, hey, uh, nice to meet you, Albert. Um, nice to meet you. Yeah, so uh, I guess my question is, uh, I, I work for uh, Stream Elements, and so we're a fellow uh, Twitch ecosystem uh, add-ons, sort of. So my question is, lately Twitch has started adding stuff like channel points, and you can buy interactions on the platform with channel points. And I guess it's a concern for all of us you know, the platform risk. 
can they just do what we do but better or can we uh, you know block our us via api and stuff like that if they feel we're uh, eating their lunch uh what are your thoughts on that yeah that's a really interesting topic oh, on the on the technology part they cannot block our api because we don't connect with tweets only for people can log in with tweets but also with google or creating an account uh, we connect with the software that the the um, streamer used to broadcast uh, obs xsplit and, and so you, you know that uh, probably way better than me uh, so it's hard for tweets to block in. Right now, um, tweets, he's happy to have us, I think Stream Elements and Stream Loots, because we give money to the creators, and right now they are really focusing to increasing the amount of creators, so they, they have more content, and they are happy for, for companies giving money to the creators, because then more creators can uh, dedicate full time to streaming. But the truth is that, of course, since they are the aggregator, creators are using uh, Twitter or, or or YouTube as the, as the platform to generate the, the, the audience. So if they start moving uh, into the funnel, uh, into the stack and creating uh, things for monetization and, and so on, of course that would be uh, uh, dangerous for us because they could do it better or not even doing better, but they would have all the traffic. What we are doing in that, in that case is that we are seeing that the, the um, streamers not only want to interact with the fans while they are on live streaming, but also when they are offline. Because remember that Streamlook.com says about creating a deeper connection with the streamer. So we've seen a lot of interaction already happening offline. Offline, Like I follow you on Twitter, I send you a dedicated video, I send you a picture, or you ask me a question and then I reply to you. Like I've seen a lot of questions like, can you show me your game setup? Or can you, um, can you tell me uh, where do you live? Things like that. So we are now putting a lot of effort into those offline uh, and asynchronous interaction. So the, the, the monetization is not only coming from the, the moment where you are live. Um, but, but of course, uh, we need to be not only us, like I think all the, all the platforms that are building, uh, like it's the same that happened, for example, on Substack with Twitter and all of those platforms that are creating something really specific for creators. But creators are already coming with an audience. We have this danger. Uh, from uh, platforms that are there to to help the creators build the audience to also go deep and develop those those features. Jorge, welcome on stage. Hola Jorge. I'm hola Alberto. I'm a huge fan of your blog post, so it, it's an honor to be here. So um, so so let's say I'm a streamer and I can make a living out of my streams. Um, I, so you were mentioning a couple of issues that they could uh, experience. So one is uh, retention. The other one is like they could be relevant from one day to the other. It's like a lot of competition. Uh, but I'm just curious to know from your user interviews and research, like what other pain points and issues do you see uh, on those streamers that they have to run their business? Uh, I can think about like burning out anxiety. But I'm just curious if you saw other other pain points on that. Yes, I have two two points really big in my head. One is anxiety, the one you mentioned. Actually, uh, this summer we were like talking to the streamers because we were thinking like, okay, we want to offer a bigger offer for them. Like we give, we want to give them help on many different areas, and we thought maybe they need a loan, maybe they they need access to like paid holidays and things like that. And we realized that most of the like the biggest pain in their head was. Um, like access to mental health and owners, the ownership of the, the audience that they have. On, on the mental health part, we created something called Stream Louis Strong to give them access to mental health resources. We also create content related to with mental health, burnout, and so on. At the end, it's super hard to like pretend everything's okay all the time when you are live. 
uh, but your business depends on you being funny. So imagine being fun in front of your, or engage, engaging in front of your audience. So imagine when you are depressed and you have to go live and, and pretend everything is work, it's okay. And the other main topic is ownership of your own, the, the audience. This topic started to become uh, really big on the creators this summer because I don't know if you knew Mixer, it was the live streaming platform created by Microsoft. And they, they closed and they, they, like thousands of creators lost their job. Like they were making uh, their living out of Mixer and from one day to another, they, they stopped making uh, all the money. So they started to realize, oh my God, I thought that I rent, that I like creating an audience and then it was rented. It was from Microsoft, actually. And of course, a platform uh, shutting down is not something that happens every day, but you can get banned from the platform or the platform can become irrelevant or there are a lot of things that can happen. So one of the biggest things that I'm seeing is that ownership of that audience. Um, at the end, if you think about it, the creators have the power to disrupt the distribution monopoly that they are on the internet right now. Right now, if you want traffic or distribution on the internet, you have to go to a few companies, Amazon, Google, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, and a few others. But creators have the power to break that, those rules and, and bring a delivered uh, distribution. Not, one, not, not only one creator will compete with Google, of course, but many creators will. But the problem that they face right now, is that distribution is normally tied to the platform themselves. Like they need to build the distribution power over the platform so they can lose it from one time to another. So that, I would say that those are the two biggest pain that I've seen on the creators lately. But do you think that like, because I 100% I understand, you know, like uh, the, the struggle uh, of not owning your audience. But like from, from what I see is like the big social media platforms or the media networks, whatever you want to call it, they're sitting on top of the funnel for creators, right? And so that's where they get the attention. And if they are harnessed the, the, the proof of work of the algorithm of the social places, then they will get famous, right? What you're yeah. saying is that this is the beginning, but should not be the end. And what the end should be, or like the next step, which should be to own part of the audience. But you, when you say like having creators, you know, sort of like compete uh, at like, you know, at scale uh, massively with the, with the monopolies of those big media networks. Like, what do you mean? You don't think that the two, so like renting your audience and owning your audience are kind of like two coin, like two sides of the same coin? Yeah, so, so I mean that if they properly own the audience so they don't rely on the platform in order to get the, their distribution power, they will compete with them. For example, you, you already are, uh, if you have a business, you can, you have to decide, do I want to spend my ads money on Instagram or do I want to spend those uh, th those dollars into creators and maybe you choose the creators but then the creators are gonna use Instagram to distribute your content or your brand so Instagram can shut down the creators immediately if they want for example um, so what, what, what I mean is that they, in order to disrupt that, that monopoly we will need to create tools for them to own that audience and ownership is not something binary it's something that can is like a range or different levels of ownership for example uh, I mentioned before that when you are a creator, you are actually like a company trying to build a, a product. When you are building a company, you, you segment your users. You don't send the same message to the users that are about to turn, to the users that have just joined or, or are the best, the best uh, purchaser of your platform. But creators cannot do that. Oh, imagine on, on Instagram, for example, you cannot even decide that all your fans are going to watch the post that you post. So you sure. cannot, So that's basically what, what I mean. That. Uh, Superstack, for example, is giving you a bigger a bigger level of ownership because sure, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. No, no. But what I mean is that, like, top of funnel 
for any creator, top of funnel is always going to be the, those platforms. That's what I argue with. Oh, right? okay, like, okay, top okay, of funnel okay. is all going to be going to those platforms. Like Shopify entrepreneurs, for sure, they're empowered. They own their audience. They own their business. But top of funnel is paid acquisition, SEO, et cetera, et cetera. For me, a creator, which is ultimately going to need to take emails, SMS, and move mm-hmm. a lot of those top of funnel connection to his own place, is only is always going to be dependent on those kind of like top of funnel acquisition channel. And so that's why I was like, I understand to own your audience, but it really comes closely to actually rent your audience. Like it's just, you know, one step and then the other. Yeah, but... That's true. I mean, I think top of funnel is going to be the most difficult part to change the, the monopoly in that case. But for, yeah. if you are if you are a company, you may start on the top of funnel with uh, like renting audience uh, people from Facebook, for example. But then maybe you can create a viral loop where viewers invite other viewers. And then you just need to get a bunch of users out there on Facebook and the rest can come because of a viral loop of word of mouth and things like that. And things like that. But I agree with you in that top of funnel is going to be the most difficult part to give the, the creators the, the 100% ownership or, or power to get that audience without the, the platform that are out there right now. Jose, welcome. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that you're, yeah, yeah, there you go. You speak Spanish. Welcome. Do you have a question? Hola, Jose. <laughs> Hola. Hello, uh, Albert. Yeah, very, very interesting uh, tool. Um, I wanted to ask you, is, is, your, is your application compatible with Facebook, Facebook Gaming? Yeah, of course. Uh, since we connect uh, with the software that they use to broadcast, you can use it whatever you want. Actually, you, if you are a creator uh, and you are broadcasting at the same time to YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, some of the creators does that, uh, do that. Um, you, you can use it on the on the on the three platforms at the same time. You can. The, the only thing that we use to we connect with those platforms to allow people to log in with their already existing user from from Facebook, for example. But you can use it for, on on Facebook for sure. Okay, that's that's really interesting because you know you are adding more uh, interaction experience to the users with the streamer. And for for all of you, uh, Facebook gaming it's a streaming uh, platform, but it's not as well developed as Twitch or 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 YouTube gaming. And and the reason I say this is because I am I am a co-founder of Basher Esports, and we are a influencer agency that we are working in in Peru and Latin America. So in Latin America, the 100% in Peru, 100% of the streams are in Facebook gaming. Mm-hmm. And and this wow. is because yeah, yes, this is yeah. because people uh, they can only use uh, internet. Um, the the internet's plans are not so good and efficient like uh, Europe or, or the states, and they only have uh, free access for Facebook. That so true, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, and, and they can only watch their streams in Facebook. So if you try to do, to make them watch Twitch, they will lose audience, not because they want to, but because they, they are they are limited because of the economic use. That's so a, actually a lot of Spanish creators build their audience that uh, because Facebook did like a lot of effort to move uh, creators from Twitch to, to Facebook and they started a lot with Spanish speaking countries. Um, they, they actually paid the creators to move. Uh, and the creators build a huge audience on, on South America. I didn't know it was because of the internet connection and they have like a free pass for Facebook, but it, now it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but it's incredible. Think about it. Like <laughs> Facebook is, is literally subsidizing like yes. mo- mobile operators, right? And yeah. so like that they have like a, a moat that is invincible in some developing countries, right? Like it's yes. insane. <laughs> yeah, and this, this same example replies to to the to Philippines, I think. And some countries in in the, in uh, like in Egypt or the Arab countries because they they have the similar problems. Their their phones are only compatible with Facebook, 
mm. and not with other different providers. So um, I, I, it's really interesting because you, uh, there is a, a big audience in, in LATAM and in Peru and actually building uh, any business related to esports is really profitable. But uh, yeah, giving, bringing this tool in Latin America, I, I, I think it's, it's going to be a big plus because um, as you mentioned before, uh, people love to interact with their, with their streamer. They, they, know to, they like to know more about them. They follow every step. And this is why also doing marketing with influencers, it's, it's, really, it's, really, it's, it's a really good deal. And, mm -hmm. and I'm really looking forward to see more of your application in, in well, Facebook. And I'm happy and, to introduce Spinlu to the uh, streamers you work with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will, I will message you because I really find this very interesting, and and I think we can work together. Okay, awesome. Thanks a lot. Hey Dwight, welcome on stage. Hi Dwight. Hey, um, hey, I just, I barely jumped in, in on the conversation, and I heard Jose speaking. Um, so I'm from Puerto Rico, right? So, and, and I want to say that totally, Jose got the point right now. I run the Puerto Rico Esports League, right? And we have around 60 plus content creators, um, ranging from like a thousand, like a hundred thousand likes to like um, 10 likes, right? Um, and we know I'm, I'm in a weird position here because I speak Spanish and English, and most of our island does too. So we have um, a few streamers that have actually tried to use Twitch. It's not been as successful. The most, um, the biggest speaking audience for Latin America is Facebook. But as Jose said, most of the Latin American countries get access to Facebook for free instead, like of Twitch, that they have to pay either for their usage or a subscription to it through their data um, packages, so they can access that that content. So you know, taking that into regards. Um, I find interesting, and obviously I, I came in because I have a bunch of streamers that are constantly on Facebook. We produced last last month, we did around 17,000 videos of content and people are, we're having like half a million views a month. So, you know, it, it's, I, I like to jump in, in into this conversation because Jose, ha, ha, you know, was bringing the, the really good point about um, why we chose or choose Facebook over other platforms right now, because right now our, our demographic is on Facebook. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I, I just learned. Um, you know, like that's, that's an amazing insight. Uh, mm -hmm. We're going to take a, a last question if, if someone has one. And then uh, it's been a, it's almost been an hour and it's been an amazingly dense hour in terms of insights. <laughs> so I love it, seriously. Big we, we have a lot of Spanish speakers, uh, uh, people in the in the in the program. So maybe the next one should be in Spanish. <laughs> I know that well, you learn Spanish, so it, it won't be a problem for you. I'm game. <laughs> All right. Otherwise, otherwise. That's Jordi. Ah, yeah, there you go, Jordi. Hola, Jordi. Muy buenas. Hi, hello. I don't know if you want to speak in, in Spanish or, or English. Let's, let's stay in English so people uh, that, that don't speak Spanish can understand. <laughs> sure. First of all, Alberto, congratulations. I think that I met you two years ago in Sonar Plus in Barcelona. Yeah. And you guys are doing a really good job in, in Streamlut. So congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's, it's nice to see you. I want to ask you. I want to ask you about your vision about the creator's economy, but focus in, in musicians, in music. So, for example, a few months ago, Spotify released a new feature where users can donate money to the artist through PayPal or Cash App. But 
what do you think about this? What is going to happen in, in, this, in this sector? Well, the truth is that I'm not really a, a particular, like, uh, I don't have a lot, a lot of knowledge on the creator in the musician part, but I, I believe that all the creators are changing the way they access their, their, their fans. And I believe now musician does not need to go to a record label to get successful. Uh, it is more about finding a distribution channel and then uh, creating the, this word of mouth, uh, as, as you mentioned, like the top of final uh, acquisition of users. But the truth is that I cannot give you a lot of insight on the musicians because I, I'm not really an expert there, but I probably believe that it's going to happen similar to what is happening to other creators, that they are going to start making more money directly from the audience without gatekeepers uh, than before. And they won't rely so much on, on labels, on record labels and so on in order to monetize that audience. But uh, I wish I, I would know more. Now I... I I put that down in my to-do is to learn a bit more on the musician creators uh, to see if we move to the to the music at some point. Thank you, Alberto. No problem. Incredible. Great session. Thank you very much, Albert. Thank you very much, everyone. This recording will be available on creatoreconomyclub.com. Next week, we'll also have an amazing guest that we're going to announce on Monday or Tuesday. And uh, again, a big, big, big thank you, Albert, because this session was uh, was amazing, and uh, and um, I, you know, I, I I was a believer of what you were doing before, um, but then you know now I'm I'm a fan, <laughs> so I, I went from like you know <laughs> attention to like super fan, um, and uh, and yeah, and if if you know anyone has anything to say to ask us, just like our DMs uh, are open, so please uh, please don't be shy and don't hesitate one second, and uh, and yeah, I wish everybody an amazing Friday weekend whatever whatever you are in the world okay th thanks a lot for for inviting me and if you are really interested into the uh, streaming i see hortensia here which is working with me with uh, we are looking for some people to join the team so please visit our website uh, if you are interested into the uh, streaming and, and creators economy awesome ciao everyone. everybody's gonna have ciao. a pack yes. <laughs> exactly <laughs> thanks everyone bye bye yes. bye bye